Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the School for Dumb Women, colon, the ABBA special. This week we invited Daisy Buchanan to the studio, author of the fantastic How to Be a Grown-Up. She came in to talk to us about her love of the Swedish double-date pop quad that stole our hearts throughout the 70s and 80s. As usual, we talked for way too long, so here's the full cut of our conversation, or the ABBA gold, as it were. So guys, I've got a bit of a confession today in that uh, I didn't actually have time to research my segment because I was obviously researching about how to reduce my plastic intake. Oh, of course, which, as ever. As you know. Very on brand for you, is, agree. Yes, um, but I have managed to magic up a human woman <gasps> to come in to the studio, pretend you've only just seen her. Oh my <gasps> God, she's hovering down from a cloud. She is, and she's here to talk to us about a sexy subject. Um, it's author, writer and general sex bomb. Daisy Buchanan, hello. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thank oh. you so much for having me. I'm a big fan. I'm about to, I'm going to take off my sexy dress and show you that my sexy tits are tattooed with your faces. Oh my God, they that are. That episode oh. of Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> One of your nipples is my mouth, that's weird. <laughs> and it's frowning. <laughs> yeah, what was weird, Alex, is when I went to the tattoo parlor, that was not the first you, the guy, had done that day. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, I'm pretty big in uh, Margate. Hopefully <laughs> collecting royalties from that. Hannah, how do you think I've afforded this £2 shirt I'm wearing? Ah, yes. Exactly. More discounts on fish and chips in yeah. Margate than yeah. money. I haven't paid for a chip in six months. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, Daisy, you're here to tell us about one of your favourite topics. It's some Swedish swingers who still wanted another man after midnight. Who are you here to tell us about? I like what you did there. I'm here (laughs) to tell you about ABBA and my continuing love. My first question for everyone about ABBA is how old were they when they realised that ABBA is is both their initials and a rhyming scheme? (laughs) I think that's why they're smart. It's so good, isn't it? That's why they were... That's why they were called Abba, wasn't it? I know, but it took me a long time to realise it. Oh, you know, this is one of my few smart facts for you, that they had to clear it when they decided on the name, because for a long time, this is the patriarchy for you, when the group was formed, I think they were just called either Bjorn and Benny, or Benny and Bjorn, (gasps) the girls just sang along. And then, and they were trying lots of different names, nothing really worked, until they were like, hey, our initials spell... Abba, which isn't a word, but it could be, it will be. But there is a Swedish cannery who I believe make tuna, and, well, they, they make the tuna and vegetables and such, but they put it in the cans <gasps> and they had to go and ask their permission if they'd be allowed to be called Abba. And um, they sort of said, oh, yes, of course, just don't, um, don't bring our brand into disrepute. <laughs> oh, the cannery is called Abba. Mm. Oh, so Abba in, cans. I think in Sweden you still can buy Abba tuna or Abba lentils. Oh my god! Amazing. Oh my god! My pun brain is going into overdrive. <laughs> no, I haven't got anything yet. It'll yeah, come. It'll come. Yeah, it'll it's, come. It's, it's, it's booting up. Yeah. Those dial-up noises are starting. Yeah, I hope they weren't out of tune. Hey! <laughs> hey! I don't Very think we could do better than that. Thank you so much. So uh, mackerel. And um, Dele Alli of puns. <laughs> did I get that right? Did I get the football right? Yes, you did. <laughs> I was so happy because I one of my um, many jobs this summer is to write about Love Island and I made a football pun in Love Island <gasps> and I said something about Wes playing a 4-4-2 and my editor came back and said, what is that? What do you mean? Like, I can't believe my one football thing sounds vaguely impressive. Like, That's some kind of new knowledge. combined pill? Or yeah. <laughs> it's a weed pill, the 442. So, Daisy, what is ABBA? ABBA were, and now what, they're a pop group, very, very famous in the 70s and 80s. They became super famous in this country in... 
I'm having a panic now. I believe it was 1974. Don't worry, you can play it faster. Um, the or possibly yeah. <laughs> when they won the Eurovision Song Contest. Ah. I keep forgetting yeah. how they started. Um, and that was in Brighton. So I think that here no in the UK, we've always had quite a affinity with ABBA and yeah. loved them. Um, I discovered them when I was, I think, on my first memory of ABBA, I would have been three or four at the oldest because I remember the house that we used to live in where we played the record and it was a Sunday and my family is very Catholic and formal and we'd all been to mass and we'd all got dressed up for mass and it was um maths mass <laughs> and it was Either before or. lunch and we were allowed a limited amount of um Porsche crisps before our dinner or before you know so we didn't spoil our lunch um mm. I remember we had kettle chips because my parents being a bit, you know, late 80s fancy, mm. but they weren't very good in those days. I remember the <laughs> kettle chips in my childhood being a bit soggy and crap. Um, they've rebranded to the posh crisp now. They've got much better now, the kettle chips. Of they this are era. the posh And even posh though everything crisp, else is terrible, I'm thankful for the improved crisp <laughs> quality. But um, my dad had like the scary, enormous family stereo. It's probably like a vinyl thing with enormous speakers. and a, That you're not allowed to touch. You're not allowed to touch. <laughs> Obviously, the cabinet that it was housed in was made of raffia, which is possibly the most sure. 80s thing I've ever <laughs> heard of in my life. It was like a, rack- a raffia wicker combo. Ooh, yeah, I was about to say, I can wicker, really feel it. Like, I'm really yeah. there. You I'm really know, in shut this your eyes room. and you can see a, a yucca plant and Paul Simon crew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember really vividly the cover of Voulez Vous, um, and it's blue and it's the sort of surreal discotheque I guess and there are lots of kind of mirrored pyramids and everyone is wearing white and I remember that there were the two most beautiful women I'd ever seen in my life yeah in the sort of clothes I'd always like plead my mum to wear and she's like no I don't want to wear this sequined jumpsuit you found at M&S I want my jeans and then these slightly Odd guys who were with them. One was quite beardy and one looked a bit... They was a bit unsettled by the combo. But we listened to Voulez-Vous. And I remember it being... Thinking it was like a nonsense song and then learning it's French. And um, Dad said that Voulez-Vous meant um, sort of whatever you like or as you like. And it never really fitted with any of the French I learned at school. And I remember going to that club going to classes and thinking, so what are we going to do about Voulez-Vous? And it just never came <laughs> up. But it's such a sort of a mad, sexy song. And even when I was four, I was like, oh my God, what is this world? Yeah. The mm. beat of it and this idea. And even though I didn't really know what I knew, I could sort of imagine, you know, like nightclubs and martinis and cigars. Yeah. And I don't know what was going on in there, but I just thought... I, I need more of this in my life. Yeah. This is great. And, and so, Voulez Vu is like definitely the best song as well. Do you a, think so? Can we just get that out right now? I always forget mm. about that one as well, but it is yeah, one of the best one ones. Of my ones. I like the Sorrow ABBA much more than I like the Party ABBA. Do you? I, I love, love Winner party Takes ABBA. It All. Mm. I love um, yeah. Slipping Through My Fingers. One I love of Us emo is my favourite, although my One of Us is a tune, man. I have I, to tell you, this is my favourite ABBA story, and I tell it a lot. So there's an exhibition at the South Bank. I'm not sure that it's still on, but it was on around Christmas, and it's great. I would very happily go if it was just a load of like photocopied ABBA lyrics on a wall. But they do it brilliantly. And you go in and it's through a house. It's really immersive and you're in quite a little group. And it's all set up so you go into a typical 70s living room to get a sense of who was listening to ABBA. And then you're in the parks where they used to sing their folk songs. And then you're in a trailer and you see original costumes. And one of the bits at the end is done up like the set of the video for one of us. 
And that's about the breakdown of the marriage between Agneta and Bjorn. And the video is about Agneta moving into her new house and moving on with her life. You see her decorating a house. And so because the room of the museum is replicating the set, there are loads of props, including a box of pots and pans and kitchen equipment. And there was one lady, and I'm not really sure how she got on the tour or why she came on the tour, because she didn't really seem very connected with any of it. (laughs) And she'd been really, really bothering the tour guide. She was like, this is a brutalist architecture. I thought I was in the wrong line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she alighted on this box and said to the tour guide, and were these Abba's actual pots and pans that they used? Oh, oh my God. And at that point, the tour guide had just, I think, lost all patience. To, yes, these were the pots and pans that Abba used. <laughs> Bjorn's bolognese was made in yeah. this very part. His famous bolognese. It'd be good, wouldn't it, if they like, took a can of Abba peas and then put the Abba peas in yeah. the pots and pans. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds great! And also, I've one of my only ABBA facts um, is that there's an ABBA museum in Sweden where there's a phone in it and it rings Bjorn's house. Is that actual house? house? Is it or is it the other way around? House? No, I'm, no, because the, the other way around. No, it's the other museum. Would be, they like, can Bjorn's call in. House. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's Bjorn. I think so, Bjorn yeah. calling people. <laughs> Bjorn can call into the museum yeah. when he fancies it. Yeah, and when if he you're wants. near the phone when it rings. Oh my god! You can pick it up. Yeah, and Bjorn will be like, and hi. Bjorn will be like, Hello. how often does he? And does he say, ring, ring? Why don't you give me a call? I don't. I have no idea how often he uses it. I wonder if he's ever hung up. A Madonna, the Madonna <laughs> remix. Okay. Oh, nice, nice okay. It's kind of a deep cut, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Daisy, how come you love ABBA so much? What do they do to you? When I was young, I did not have a lot going on. I wasn't the happiest kid, but ABBA was what I did have going on. I had no sense of ABBA as being camp or a joke or, you know, any part of anyone else's culture. I was just like, well, of course, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be in ABBA. They'll yeah. meet me and they'll exactly. have to make me the fifth member of the band. They will be called Dabba or Abad. <laughs> I can't decide. Abba. And no. We constantly listened to them on car journeys. Um, and yeah, I had no sense of the order of the albums or like what was, I mean, you could sort of tell what the big songs were, but also knowing and loving unexpected things. And it makes me think a lot about a sonic imagination and how we experience music now. That the way, you know, because we sort of, we hear everything so quickly and also it's always presented to us in a, this is what this is, this is who it comes from and you've got opinions about it. Whereas Abba, I just completely absorbed and I just remember singing my heart out in the backseat daydreaming about how how my life was going to be and all of my understanding about relationships and people, it was all based on that. I think there's an expression for this phenomenon, but ABBA sing really, really clearly. They're very, very articulate about their lyrics and it's because English isn't their first language and so there's a real crispness to it. And I think that's what I loved so much about them, that you can really, really hear... Yeah, the, the, there's word. a real directness in the emotional vocabulary of ABBA. There's no, you don't have to wonder how they feel about anything. It's very, I think it's why kids get into them so easily as well, because their emotions are very pure and very unbridled. They're about, it's about loneliness or joy or whatever. Whatever emotion the song is about, it's pure that, you yeah. know. It's yeah. true. But there is a nuance as well, I think. And 
they articulate that nuance better than anyone. When it's that things like loss and longing and emotions that seem really quite nebulous and yeah. they make them quite solid. My question about ABBA is, what happened with them personally? Because were they married when they formed the band? Or were they like pals and then they got together? They weren't married before they formed the band, but I think that they became romantically involved quite quickly. I would have to check this. I know from um, a documentary that was on Channel 5 a few weeks ago um, that Agnetta married her stalker by accident. What? What? When the group disbanded, she really, really struggled to cope with the enormous amount of attention they received. And she bought a house in the woods. Yeah, she became a recluse. And yet, and so there was this guy who had been watching her and managed to kind of weave himself (gasps) into her life in a way that made her think oh what a coincidence it's you again maybe this is a sign from the universe it was not a sign from the universe he's been in his car watching your house for three weeks oh no sounds like a dating story Alex told us recently actually (laughs) the divorce proceedings are going through (laughs) wow I mean I have many questions about that but also um, (laughs) Frida after Bjorn was married to a a crown prince what Um, I want to say Denmark but um, but Frida was, was royal that's wow. amazing. As she should have been. Quite. All along, really. <laughs> and I feel like like everybody, like the other three, I'm not sure what the, what's the other man's name? So there's Bjorn and... There's Bjorn and Benny. Benny. Benny's got the beard. Yeah, well, so... Well, I don't know how, what his face is doing yeah. now. <laughs> I feel like the other three were like, yep, okay, ABBA was a thing and we had a lovely time and now it's done. And then I feel like Bjorn's still like... He's hanging in there, isn't he? He's still like... And I feel like he, at ABBA sort of conventions, whether he'd be there or like yeah. he's still. But was, they have reformed, actually, haven't they? They've recently reformed to, to make two to new be songs. Bringing new songs is it later this year? Yeah, I think so. And I'm really quite apprehensive. Yeah, I about would be it, as well, as you can imagine. Also, the second Mamma Mia is coming. I have a terrible confession to make, which is, I did not love the first Mamma Mia. I mean, what's not to like? Why didn't I like it? And I think, <laughs> the thing is, I think yeah. it was having to share ABBA that I resented oh, so deeply. Oh, I completely understand that. And also, the weird thing about that ABBA movie, Mamma Mia, as it's popularly known, <laughs> that one ABBA movie, um, is that like the first half an hour is so cringy and so badly written, and it's so much of Meryl Streep pretending to drive a car, and just like, <laughs> and so much like too much laughing and too much. Do you remember that moment in like the Sex in the City movie when like the girls saw each other and like the whole cinema went, oh the girls are back together. It was like that, except we didn't know any of the characters and we were supposed to care. Yeah, yeah and it was yeah. like, oh god. But then once you kind of get into the par- songs proper, you're like, oh okay, I'm enjoying this now. So, I'm a bit drunk. I mean, the other thing as well is I think that in Mamma Mia, I don't want to hear other people singing mm. ABBA songs yes, in a way that's yeah. not bad, but isn't brilliant. I just like, it's ABBA or it's me. That's yeah. all I'm interested <laughs> in. Well, I've got, I'm actually pleasantly surprised because I even wrote down in the script and then took it out because I was like, no, wait. I put off seeing Mamma Mia for so long because I was like, this... Honestly, am I missing something? This looks like the worst film on earth. And then I watched it on a plane one time, and I honestly think it's one of the top ten worst films I've ever seen. Really? I, I thought you were about to say, and then I loved yeah. it. I think it's it was awful. I just I, I I agree with you. I'm like, what? How did this concept happen? Maybe it works as a stage show. I've not seen mm-hmm. it on stage. But I'm is... not a snob. I want to like things. My default is really, really Same. always wanting like, to like things. Absolutely. Very much. I'm not trying to be cool by saying it's mm-hmm. bad. Not at all. Like I, I think it's a very context-dependent film. So when I went to see it, uh, I was with my mum. It was 2pm and we were pissed. 
Yeah. Like, it was so, yeah. the biggest laugh. Yeah. And we just like wept during slipping through my fingers. And like we just had, because it's very much a mother and daughter like narrative as well and I think you, you have to really be in a certain frame of mind to Maybe, enjoy yeah, that film definitely and it's like one of those films that's kind of so bad that it's good like you have to acknowledge that it's not going to be like a kind but of legitimately good film but it's going to be the same going to have a lot in it Amanda Seyfried was in a film called Letters to Juliet I don't know if you ever oh I know that, that movie I, yes. that I had it. to go to a press screening a very long time ago back in my teen mag days and that is my favourite bad film in the whole world. It's like going on holiday. You can just shout along to the dialogue. It's like The Room, only everyone's much more beautiful and it's got a much happier ending. And you feel like you're on holiday. I think it's shot in Tuscany or it looks like Tuscany anyway. And it's sort of the most... Yeah, it's kind of like a shit Roman holiday, isn't it? Yes. The ending really is like, oh no, that girl you saw me with, that's just my cousin. (laughs) Oh, oh, great. I'm going to watch that. I'd like to think there's a director's cut where he's boning his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked what you said earlier on about your experience of ABBA is that sort of like sonic memory thing. Because I think when we were all growing up, our experiences of music were just like, all you had was the CD and the picture of the CD. Mm. And that was the whole artist to you. Like my yeah. first big album was Jagged Little Pill by Last Morissette. And all I had was that misty picture <gasps> of her with the green over it. Yeah. And those songs. And do you remember getting that little book out? The book yes. Of what, and trying yes. to interpret it to and also there'd always be those dents where the there's a sort of like little like plastic yes. lips to keep it in and you yeah. try and yeah. slide it out super super carefully <gasps> so as not to damage the precious book yeah. because it was you know CDs cost a lot of money and you really wanted them to hold their value heaven knows what for but or really, even when you'd buy a CD and the, then you'd open the little book and there was no lyrics in the book you'd be like what yes. the fuck <laughs> I spent 12 going back on. to our price <laughs> yeah. what I'm paying for and reading and also the album dedications as well and I think <gasps> yes. that's what's so lovely now about being um I don't know if um, if Caroline, if you felt like this, but when I did the thank yous at the uh, back of my book, and there was that, like, nobody is ever going to read this, but I thought, well, but I remember how I used to memorise those in CD sleeve notes. So yeah, completely. Maybe. I felt that way as well. I almost felt like I wanted to drop clues for people. It was just so <laughs> vain and, and, like, egotistical. But it's like, oh, I want people to get this, like, weird snapshot of what my life is behind this book, even yeah. if they don't care. I want to leave, like... I mean, surely writing a book in the first place is evidence enough that you existed on this planet. But I want to, like, leave a little clue of who I am, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I think on my next one, I might write something like, this one's for you, KX. But KX <laughs> will be King's Cross, which is where I spend a lot of my time. Now that I'm in <laughs> oh, that's good. But so I always used meaning. to pour over like the, the, the little album booklets and you know see if they'd said thanks to their ex-girlfriend or something. You know, yeah. like, oh, maybe they're still together or whatever. Or even better, no thanks to you, Jean. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my favourite one is um, Joan Rivers. In her book, uh, one of her books, she wrote, this book is dedicated to Kanye West because he'll never fucking read it. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Amazing. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Daisy, your book is called um, How to Be a Grown Up. It's out in paperback now. It's fantastic and I love it. It's so Thank wise so and so funny. And what I'd love to know is how, what are the different ways in which ABBA helped you to grow up? What were the lessons you imbibed from ABBA? Oh, that's a really sweet question. (laughs) (laughs) I think I learned a lot about love and heartbreak from pop songs and from ABBA especially. Um, I think that firstly, and this possibly hasn't actually served me as well as I thought it might, because I think that... um, humans in love and maybe men in love especially are a lot less complicated than ever sometimes made them seem (laughs) (laughs) but this idea that you could that you know love was going to be complicated and painful and artistically beautiful because of that I think that stayed with me and perhaps also this idea of I don't know, glamour, I think that's what I always held on to as a child because I really did not enjoy being a child and I was like, I'm going to be such a glamorous, I'm going to have a raffia CD <laughs> hi-fi holder of my own. Hi-fi, I remember them. And I, I guess they were very beautiful and confident and I think it was interesting as well, even though we know they were two couples writing about their relationships and it's weird I mean for example I think that one of us was written for Bjorn for Agneta to sing which is a bit weird isn't it mm. very to be, weird to make the person who you feel the most hurt by and angry with be the mouthpiece for your emotions yeah um, yeah Fleetwood Mac did the exact same yes. thing yeah what's that one shacking up is all you want to do or something what's that song again go your, own, go your way. own way yeah so he wrote that for Stevie Nicks wasn't it yes and isn't that the one that um, Christine McVeigh wrote about someone but she told the other guy that she wrote it about her dog <laughs> amazing <laughs> <laughs> that Fleetwood Mac song I want to have sex with you big sexy hounds <laughs> oh, what? Famous, famous song that's crazy isn't it that's very strange I do, you know whenever they do those surveys and they always say like I think the top three most awful stressful things any human can go through is it's um, bereavement buying a house and I don't know, working be- with your ex-boyfriend <laughs> yeah being in a um, hen party WhatsApp group 
Um, <laughs> but I always think on that survey, surely being in Fleet with Mac should be in at number one with oh a bullet. Oh my God, oh, yeah. imagine. Or being in ABBA, like, because or they must have had so much pressure having had their big break on Eurovision and having so much success, like, especially in the UK. I don't really know what their popularity was like elsewhere, but I assume massive. Um, oh, yeah, like, there's, was... a lot, there's a lot of pressure on a group to kind of keep performing and keep yeah. churning According out According to Channel 5, they were constantly in Japan. And I think oh, that really? right towards the end... Um, um, again, this is all sort of speculative. I, I don't know them. I do know them. Um, <laughs> that I think that um, you're the man in the woods. <laughs> Agnesha really. <laughs> that was me with my binoculars. <laughs> totally fine and normal and legal. I can see you hiding your wedding ring, twisting <laughs> it around, clasping my hands. Um, I think that um, Agnetta was like not spending any time with her family and everyone else was like, no, you have to come to Japan. It's going to be great. And he's like, I don't really want to spend four oh, months in touring gosh, in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I've had um, a couple of, you know, of re- things like this I really, really adore doing, but just two days of running around and like I had to stay at Oxford and I had to take my case and I, you know, had times that were really like frenetically busy and then I felt a bit drained and I just had to sit by myself. I've, I've been at this for 24 hours. Mm. So if I had to go to Japan for yeah, four months yeah. with work colleagues. Yeah. God, one of whom happens grumpy. to be your current or, or failing ex. husband. Yeah, like. exactly. And did they have kids? Oh, I don't I know. I think Frida definitely did. Frida is Anna Fried. You see, see how ah, I know them? Yes. See how we're, we're ah. I think Agnetta did. Um, and I, obviously, but it's so bad of me, isn't it? To sort of no, to think this of is very the kids brand. that the women have and not be like, you know, Bjorn and Benny had kids because <laughs> they, all, they all had kids together. I don't know. I think Benny had kids after the breakup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had they had families. What I think is so interesting about ABBA and Sweden by extension is that like Sweden has this weird affinity with they're really good at making pop music because yeah. like folk music and like musicality is so at the center of their culture and like to just to like I went to a Irish Swedish wedding and halfway through the ceremony like the bride sisters just stood up and began singing in perfect harmony and it was the most natural thing to them in the, in the world. They just it, they've got life sorted, haven't they? So they just them, sing happy disco songs. Yeah, and like um my. So my, my Swedish friend, her brother is a songwriter and he tried to get into the Eurovision for years. It's so competitive. Every other person in Sweden basically oh. enters. And uh, he had to wait until he had a Bosnian girlfriend to enter it under her name as a, as a Bosnian entry. <laughs> and then he got to the semifinals of the Eurovision. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, his, his final song didn't actually get to the, to the main thing, but yeah. Well, actually, not everybody in Sweden does like ABBA, do they? Yeah. Interesting link. Yes. So I have a Swedish friend called Tuva, and um, Tuva. she hates ABBA. She really hates them. And that's quite common. Tuva. Tuva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And I remember when I found out this about her, I was just like, hang on. Like, I've kind of, I've known you for a couple of months. How did I not know straight away that you don't like ABBA? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I asked her anyway why she doesn't like ABBA. And um, she sent me a little voice note and this is what she said. Hmm, I mean, I don't hate ABBA. I mean, I would definitely pick ABBA for karaoke or late night drunk, silly dancing. But there's something like too happy about them, like too sugary and all smiley faces. It's like all too perfect with two happy couples and stuff. So yeah, that's my Swedish point of view about ABBA. They're too happy. Swedes don't like happy. 
I would say that I don't. It's feel like it's like she's not watched the end of the film. They both broke up, <laughs> and one of the lyrics is "One of us is dying." <laughs> yeah, but I like I absolutely know what she means. It's a very happy atmosphere for a lot of the kind of more dancey songs. Like if you listen to Abba Gold, there's very few of the kind of like That's sad true. bits in there. It's all oh, kind of like about, dancing um, queen, like Mamma Mia. The winner takes it all is one of Abba's biggest songs, and that is yeah. That's yeah. devastating. That's true. But I do. I think that if you. If you're mainly exposed to ABBA at weddings, then you could absolutely, you know, come away being like, yeah, you know, Dancing Queen is hardly... Yeah, it's like if you only ever listened to the Grease Megamix, you'd think that it was not like a horribly distressing film. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I thought Queen was just like Bohemian Rhapsody for ages. Right. What is this band? I remember hearing the first time I heard Killer Queen, I was like, oh, they're awesome. They're not just like a stupid dad band. But yeah, so maybe it's also that thing that like, there is a lot of ABBA in Sweden Generally, and if it's mm. kind of pushed on you too much, then you're yeah. a bit like, oh, really? These guys again? So maybe, this is maybe how that's I feel. kind of what Tufa is like yeah. experiencing. I think everyone has that because it's how people from California feel about the Eagles and it's how I feel about James Joyce. Uh, I yeah. just want... <laughs> I thought you were going to say the cause. Or like you two. No, I love the cause. Love you too. James Joyce can just shove it up his arse, which he'd love, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do think um, ABBA make me happy. They really do. Yeah, yeah I think like we should too. we should stick with Daisy's point of view. I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, right. Daisy, again, your book is How to Be a Grown Up. It's out right now in paperback. It's wonderful, and in Kindle, I believe it's like like a quid or something. Or it's, it's gone up to two quid. Oh, oh no. two quid! <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Just, as I just said on Twitter, it's cheaper than a bus, depending on the bus. Yes. <laughs> so, t- um, tell us what's the next sort of um, if people have already read How to Be a Grown Up. What's your next book? What's your next project? I've just finished a memoir called The Sisterhood, which will hopefully be out in the spring of 2019. <gasps> I'm just waiting Exciting. for my edits, which is... Oh, um, I'm also in that that time, barrel so it's very, very hard, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they were a little bit late, and I was like, I'll just pretend it's not happening. And then my kind agent chased them for me and said, I'll make sure you're going to get them by the end of the day on Wednesday. I'm like, like, thanks, bitch. Oh, no. And is it about them. sisters? Yeah, so I am the eldest of six girls grew up super super catholic and so i've written about the relationships between women and i've used sisterhood as a lens for that and i've talked about you know jealousy and envy and competitiveness and the claustrophobia of it but also you know the love and friendship and tenderness and how we i think understand ourselves by looking at other women um also the sort of the horrible painful complex psychological torture of <laughs> that it's most extreme but also the funny bits and like coming out of the loo and being face to face with a parish priest who's trying to hang his coat up somewhere <laughs> <laughs> sounds great I can't wait up to confessions <laughs> obviously the two women in ABBA weren't sisters but I always felt that there was a bit of a like a beautiful swan ugly duckling thing even though they were both gorgeous but there was always that thing that the blonde one yeah. was just like this like princess and the other one was kind of the other one you whereas know what actually I mean? now you grow up you're like the brown, the brunette was hot <laughs> yeah she, they were both banging yeah but yeah there's definitely like always that thing it's among so sisters isn't funny, it isn't it and seeing even now on Love Island and guys were like you know there are two types of women blondes and brunettes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um I always because I'm a, clearly not a natural blonde um I was born quite blonde and then that all went away um, 
when I was about six. <laughs> the I went away like yeah. to Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much did sort of overnight. I got this really, really terrible haircut. And then my hair went from being kind of long and blonde and wavy to it looked like an old fashioned swimming hat and it was really, really, really <laughs> oh, dark brown. And I had curly. one of those, yeah. And all of the kids at school asked me if I was wearing a wig. And I don't think some of them were joking. And so I was like, just the second I'm old enough and I've got some money, I'm going to go back to being blonde again. And I think that Agnetta is a big part of that and her, the way she was revered and the sexual power yeah, she yeah. seemed to have. She was like this golden lion of a woman because she was blonde, but she was so like athletic and strong as well. Yeah. Like she was glamorous, but you could still see like she could probably put a boat together, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just everyone in Sweden. Though. Yeah. We can all do that. Yeah. That's the third type of woman. <laughs> yeah, blonde, exactly. brunette, booty. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Um, if people want to find out more about you and your books and your life and your sisters, how, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter where I'm at NotRollerGirl. On Instagram, I'm at the Daisy B, like a buzzing bee. Oh. <laughs> Please follow me on Instagram. No one follows me on Instagram. Oh. I'm very thirsty oh. and lonely over there. I do. You look great. Good grams. There's lots of lobsters on them. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Before I go, I think we should do this in harmony. <gasps> oh. Chickadee, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> You're enchained by your own sorrows. Sorrow. <laughs> In your eyes, there is no hope for Chickadee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know the lyrics to that one. I was amazed. I thought you were all just going to be like, what are you doing? You, you went with it. You all went with it. Oh, we're all up for a sing song. Yeah. 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 I love a sing song, I but I couldn't remember we've got the words, very, We've got less guests who haven't sung. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, now you know. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Tune in for a normal episode next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra. Oh, did I do it too early? My favourite ABBA song is Gimme, gimme, gimme A man after midnight Won't somebody help me That these troubles away There's not a soul out there Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.